The swirl of smoke from candles burning, while Mary looked up yearning. I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I loved my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. Things I thought were true. Someday I'd break the big taboo. Letting go of God. Letting go of God. Welcome to Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. This is Dr. Five. Uh, this is the WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM, live right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, and today is December 12th, 2018, and it's about 7 p.m., so if you're not listening at that date and time, you're probably listening to a repeat or a podcast. Our podcasts are available on, um, I think it's Stitcher now, so if you like the show and you'd like to hear more of them, uh, go to either my website, Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, and click on the podcast link, or go to Stitcher and subscribe to our station. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a call-in talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer in Knoxville or East Tennessee, well, get that notion right out of your head because you're not. There are several atheist, free-thinking, and rationalist groups that exist here in Knoxville. Yes, I said several. There's more than one. And we'll be telling you how you can connect with them right after the mid-show break. I may do it a little earlier today, but who knows? It's a freewheeling episode. Um, There's the Atheist Society of Knoxville. They have about 900 members. Uh, Maybe over 100 of them are active at all times. The Rationalists of East Tennessee have 120 members, I believe. Uh, there's the um, what is it, Sunday Assembly. They have uh, meetings or Sunday church services on the last Sunday of every month, and they have probably 50 members or so, uh, maybe even more than that. It's been a while since I've been there. So there is an active community of non, uh, non-believers and free thinkers right here in Knoxville, and you can connect with them simply by Googling Knoxville Atheists, and uh, you'll find all the links you need right there. Uh, did you know that there's also an atheist call-in television show? It's been broadcasting here now for over eight years, going on nine now. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about how you can listen to that or watch that a little bit later on. But if you have Comcast Channel, uh, well, Comcast TV, and you can switch over to Comcast Channel 12 right now, you can see it going on at this very minute. Uh, the TV hours are between 6.30 and 7.30, and since it's 7 o'clock now, it should be in progress. We're hoping that you'll switch over there and hit, hit record and come back to our radio show so you won't miss that. Anyway, um, and in spite of what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs out there. I've got 60 or 70 right there on my on my uh, digital free thought radio blog or D- 
uh, just go to digitalfreethought.com and click on the Atheist Songs link on the menu. Um, and you will be hearing them on this program and generally on the station as we have put them in rotation. Um, I'm going to start off with a little rant today. It kind of got my goat. Uh, we, we all know about the smarmy uh, religious uh, TV series that go online uh, every once in a while. There's one on CBS right now called God Friended Me. And it's about an atheist, believe it or not. And as you might guess, they didn't do it right. The guy, uh, the atheist on this show is an atheist podcaster, much like myself. And uh, he is not, he's really a straw man is what it is. A straw man is a mock-up, a verbal or ideal mock-up mock of your, hold on a second, got someone joining the show, hold on. Hey, hello, Tom, are you there? Yep, right here. Okay, I hear you, I hear you, very good. Uh, Tom Payne is joining us by phone tonight. He couldn't be in the the um, studio, but we're happy to have him. Welcome to welcome aboard. I was just Thank you. I was just ranting about that new uh, radio or TV show that CBS has put out called God Friended Me. Have you seen any of it? No, I, I heard I heard about the first two episodes, and they sound like they're misrepresenting atheism a little bit but um that's only two episodes so it could be totally different yeah it is pretty bad um i, I created it made me so mad i created a meme i i like making memes though so it's not a real problem and uh, let me see if i can bring it up here and i'll just read it to you uh, hold on yeah here it is okay i've got a picture of the blurb that they send out saying god friended me and it's got a picture of a guy with you know, the Leonardo da Vinci God hand pointing at him. And I, I wrote, what's wrong with this new show? Let me try to answer that from an actual atheist podcaster's perspective. First, he never once attempted to debunk a single religious belief on the show. Heaven, yeah. <laughs> heaven hell, souls, sins, demons, miracles, etc., none of which have ever been demonstrated to be true, and an atheist podcaster would do that as naturally as breathing. But does this person ever do that? No. Also, it, it soon comes out that the atheist on the show became an atheist because he's angry at God for allowing his mother to die in a car crash. This is the standard narrative told by atheists, I'm sorry, told by Christians to other Christians about atheists. That atheists really do believe in God, but we are angry at him for whatever reason. How can a person be mad at anything that they don't believe exists? This is not an atheist. This is a Christian straw man. And apparently there's not a single atheist uh, on the writing staff. Shame on you, CBS, for pushing the straw man version of atheism on a public that is already distrusting us. So anyway, I'm mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, you're you're really you're correct. It, it is a straw man. One, he he doesn't argue with anything, like you said, and that, that's very annoying. Two, anyone only people that can be atheists are people that have this traumatic experience at some point in their life. Are you kidding me? Like every person you meet probably had at least something that was considered traumatic to them. Right. Right. 
and 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 they found that people often during trauma seek God. Mm-hmm. They, they they feel lost, and then they're more likely to seek something right. that's pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. That's why desperate people, when they come to disease, often do pseudoscience cures because they're so de- desperate they'll try anything. Right. But yeah, so. but I mean. Atheists aren't atheists because we're mad at something like that. I mean, we might as well be try to be mad at like leprechauns or um, unicorns or uh, some, you know, Thor for that matter. Because I mean, how can you be mad at something that doesn't exist? And that's this is the point where atheism diverges from the standard narratives that Christians tell each other, and it just drives me nuts. A, a, a syndicated TV show in prime time would come up with something like that. And would, would you it on the public? Do you think that um, the interpretation of the show is more of what modern Christians think atheists are, or yeah. what fundamentals yeah. are, or what just yeah. any no, type of? I think it's um, what. Um, well, I think that the show itself, if you look at it, uh, neither one really says anything. The the Christian side or the atheist side says really anything that would upset the the boat of uh you know our common cause and you know as an american so i I guess that's why they wouldn't have him actually trying to debunk things on the air because it would piss off too many people (laughs) but uh he really needs to if he's an atheist i mean it's almost like se cup on fox you know the 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 token atheist on fox news Uh, she never says anything other than just making a claim that God doesn't exist. And she'll only do that occasionally, but she'll never actually debunk anything because that would be across the line. It's it's weird. Maybe if that show was on Netflix or something like that, it would be a little more true to what an atheist podcaster is. Well, I would think Um, they would. I'm I'm ready for them to pick up my line. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> syndicate my show. We've already got two hundred, well, a hundred and something, hundred twenty in the uh, in the can, as it were. But um, that's I'm, good. I'm certainly not in the right age group to appeal to the younger <laughs> set. But we can, hey, you we, got the old age group, you. and I got the semi-young have, age group. We have a, yeah. we could be a duo. Yeah, we yeah, that's right. We could have a like a, a father son type of thing. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. maybe maybe grandfather son. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were you were talking about the difference between uh, you know what fundamentalist Christians would think of it versus uh, uh, liberal Christians. Uh, why would you bring that up? I mean, what what do you think the difference would be? Um, because um, I think that that modern Christians think that um, they they're either indifferent of what atheists why atheists care. Or they're just like annoyed that atheists do care at all because religion doesn't hurt anything, and God is just love. While the fundamentalist sees us as enemies and think and does truly believe that maybe we are angry at God because there's no other reason why. Well, um, there is po- one other possible uh, thing, and let me let me first throw the phone number out in case other people would like to join our conversation. You can call in. Our phone line is free and open right now. It's eight six five. Three 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 five nine three seven three 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 five nine three seven in Knoxville, and the other reason I was going to get to was you know is they think we're of the, of Satan or we are Satan or we're demons or devils, and that's I mean we're in that scenario we're not even human, so why would they spare two breaths on us at the point? That's true. That's one of the things that really gets me about about believers sometimes. 
they'll say they'll look at me and like I'm a two-headed monster and say do you actually feel awe do you do you have you ever fallen in love like and it just drives me crazy because they're they're inferring that I'm no long that I'm not a human they don't have normal human emotions and reactions and, yeah you know how do you explain to them that you know atheists are human there were there is nothing supernatural out there and certainly not us we're as natural as the day is as long in fact that um atheism i would assume is the most modern type of human in a way because religion's been religion came about with lack of understanding the world and so the more understanding we have of the world you would think more people would not believe in fictional things yeah it so happens that they also took over uh governments systems schools um communities um alongside the modern world and so it's kind of like a really pesky parasite it's hard to get rid of what religion Uh yeah i i I agree Uh, i've seen some uh some posts online where they call atheists parasites because we don't produce anything Heck, we, that's all we do. We do work in the natural world. If you want to call somebody a, a parasite, let's talk about preachers and clerics. What do they produce other than guilt? Yeah, you know? scarred children. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and talk about, you know, they take the money from the community to support themselves because they can't do anything themselves to support themselves. And that's one of the reasons that the clergy project uh, has been started. Are you familiar with the clergy project? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it started by what Don Dan Barker. Uh huh. And Daniel Dennett together. Yeah. Um, uh, both the, both men I absolutely respect. Go ahead and describe it a little bit if you want to. Um, the clergy project basically is for people that have dedicated their life to become a priest or a preacher or a reverend of some kind, and then during the course of their job they realize that. They can't lie to the congregation anymore. They can't put on that fake smile, and they can't. They feel like they're scamming people. So it's helping these people. Um, when when they when they leave the clergy project, they have they when they all the skills they have has to do with Bible or mm-hmm. religion yeah. or something. So they really have no skills to make money, and so yeah. the clergy project kind of helps them get back on their feet. Helps them if they do leave for yeah. a secular world. But one other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of people in the clergy project that are still in the pulpit. Yeah. You know, they're having to live a lie because it's the only livelihood that they have. And if they came out of the closet as an atheist, they could lose their not only their job, but their family and their friends as well. Yeah, and depending on what type of town they live in, they might even get run out of town. Yeah, or killed or, you know hard and feathered we don't do that much anymore but still i mean they could be shunned which would be the modern day equivalent of that where no none of your friends family or co-workers uh, in that faith would talk to you anymore they would just freeze you out right but anyway the clergy uh, project if you're if you're in the clergy and you're listening to this program and you no longer believe go to clergyproject.org and learn more about it you may be eligible to partake of their their uh, programs so larry i was thinking about this the other day and and also in regards to the the reason why i like the topic of this show Uh is that um when i when i talk to people um i don't know if it's more frustrating that i talk to someone that truly believes the literal word of god and it kind of seems okay because 
I then can easily dismantle the Bible because they've read the Bible, they know the Bible, and the, uh-huh. I can use the Bible as a way to show them how awful the Bible is. Uh-huh. But then at the same time, if you talk to a modern-day Christian, they haven't read the Bible at all. They right. have this whole mm-hmm. different conception of the Bible. Mm-hmm. They and only know about they, the they, Bible but, from what the, the, their preacher tells them about right. it during But church. they also they have less hatred towards people they don't like they don't they don't think of homosexuality as bad most often they yeah. they want equal rights for women mm-hmm. and um because they're ignorant of what the bible actually says and i don't know what's more frustrating having people support a bible even though they don't know anything about it or having people support the bible and knowing everything about it yeah i mean that would be a position that would be harder to defend for sure if you know what's in the bible and then can cannot uh, bring yourself to to speak against it and therefore defend it to all comers, uh, including uh, the horrific uh, punishments and and prohibitions that are in the Bible. Like uh, there's a place in Deuteronomy where it, it says if you don't follow the commandments, and we're not talking about Ten Commandments here, we're talking about 613 commandments that are in the Bible. Uh, if you don't follow those, then God will bring you so low that you will eat your own children. That's Deuteronomy twenty-eight fifty-two, I believe. Yeah, and uh, they don't tell you. I mean, they don't know about things like that. The the modern Christians, but to know that, to have read it and be aware of it, and then defend it, you know, the only the only excuse they would have is that might makes right, and that is no defense at all, not where morality is concerned. Yeah, it's it's, it's true, but but then you also have this idea that Jesus was a absolute perfect saint which he wasn't and then you have mm-hmm. um and it's almost harder to it is harder to argue with someone when there's no substance to their belief in the first place yeah and so, but at the same time i don't like the fundamentalists because they're more violent and hurtful towards society yeah uh, i was talking to this preacher on the street and he told uh, and it ended really badly because he told me I was going to burn in hell. But he was telling me that Christianity was the first religion ever created, and he knows this for a fact, and he knows that Moses was real, and this is what he teaches his children. And I told him, wow. like, you're lying to your kids. Yeah. And he's creating these kids that are going to come with this information and spread it to their kids, and that's really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's child abuse, if you ask me, especially when you teach them that they're little friends who are not Christians. Uh, they might be Jewish. They might be... Uh, uh, Muslim, you know, their little friends in school are going to go and burn in hell simply because they're not Christians. I mean, what kind of mindset is that to give to a young child to go out, to carry out into the world? Um, I, you know, it's it to me, it's it's child abuse, but it, it's, oh, it's definitely yeah. And I mean, when you believe in like prayer, uh, intercessory prayer that to, for healing your children and you let them get sick or die without any medical care, that is child abuse. And, and uh, the courts have started um, punishing people for that, uh, for man, the giving them manslaughter um, charges and punishment for it. Uh, of course, this is all new. They haven't done that all the time I was growing up because of the the powerful religion lobby. It's pretty powerful now, but they don't go so far as now as to uh, not allow uh, the courts to take people, uh, take children away from people who are letting them die and letting them die when they only have like pneumonia, uh, something that's very preventable. And any one visit to a doctor could take care of it. 
Right, and that's kind of part because of the internet. Like any type of news can be seen by so many people, and outrage um, seemingly can overcome whatever community has strength in. Like a church community doesn't really have a strength compared to the whole United States knows about what happened at your church. Yeah, and you can just look at the powerful Catholic Church. I mean, they're still pretty strong, but you know we're starting to dismantle them state by state by state. Yeah. And so that that is good progress when it comes to um, p- the power of religion. Yeah, there's another uh, difference between fundamentalism and, and modern Christianity. Uh, fundamentalism tends to really eschew any kind of education other than the Bible. Um, you have homeschooling. You have homeschooling basically with one book when you're in a fundamentalist church. Anything. This goes back. The example I'm about to supply goes back to the 1925 um, monkey trial that took place just south of Knoxville in Dayton, Tennessee. Um, is it called the monkey trial? Well, it, yeah, people <laughs> referred to it as the monkey trial. Uh, I didn't since, know that. Yeah, since uh, 1925. Uh, type that into Google. See what you get. I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. They've also um, made two movies out of it, and the movies were, well, they made one movie twice, I'll put it that way, called Inherit the Wind. And I really recommend that anybody who's interested in this topic see it because it uses the actual um, transcript of that court case in the movie for the court scenes and stuff. And it, it's really well done. It's uh, Clarence Darrow versus, um, uh, oh, what's his name, Jennings? Williams Jennings Bryant. Uh, two two of the most famous uh, attorneys. As a matter of fact, Williams Jennings Bryan ran for uh, for president a couple of times uh, during that time in the early 20th century. And um, Clarence Darrow, I'm sure you recognize that name. He's like one of the most important attorneys of the time, and he was a secular attorney. Uh, so he took the case of um, this evolution teacher being arrested for teaching evolution. If you can understand that in Tennessee in 1925, you could get arrested, literally arrested for, for teaching evolution. But anyway, they, they, they took him to, to uh, jail. The news came down. They sent newspapers and reporters from all over the country. And one of them, I can't remember his name offhand, maybe a caller can remember and call in, but he went to one of the Holy Roller excuse me, um, tent revival meetings that they were having in the area because it was, you know, it was, it was evolutionists against God. So they, the preachers were making a lot of hay about that. So he went to one of the tent revivals and he, he met a woman preacher who was, you know, holding up the Bible and shaking the Bible and telling everybody that they need to read the Bible. And uh, he went to her afterwards and asked her, you know, how many other books has she ever read? And she said, why would I read any other book? If it's true, it's in the Bible. And if it's not true, I don't want to read it. You know, and that was it. <laughs> Her book was the Bible and nothing else. And to me, that's one of the things about fundamentalism. They put that kind of reliance in that book, and it's a, a book of terrible ideas for 2,000 years ago. Oh, yeah, very antiquated. Uh-huh. But on the same line, I, I deal with kids all the time at school you know these people that want to be doctors and they're scientists and and they talk to me about you know science and and genes and heredity and then when you ask them if if they are religious 
those you know Adam and Eve was real and that um you know man came our woman came from a rib and then Moses was real and they they believe all these things that are in the bible which is like this huge cognitive dissonance and then not only that um uh, for instance I, I i had a relationship a long time ago with uh with a christian woman and she was like a really nice person and she was a nurse and she helped people and when it, when it came to talking about religion between in our relationship she said um uh, i asked her about homosexuality and some of the other taboos in the bible if if those things were okay and she said yeah they can do those things but you know they'll go to hell for it i'm like <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, I'm like, they can do what they want. I don't, I, I, you know, she had friends that were sinners and everything. She didn't treat people bad, but at the same time, she her actions. They were going to hell. Yeah, yeah. So shouldn't you be saving them? Or I just don't understand how people can think yeah. those two thoughts. Yeah. I, I read a, I listened to a podcast from a guy who was saying, let's imagine that you actually went to hell, that you spent, let's say, six months down there. And, you know, burning and agony and, and sulfur and, and poking with, you know, uh, pitchforks 24-7 for six months, all because you didn't believe in God. And then they said, you know, we think you might be a good example. We're going to send you back to Earth. Uh, you don't have to tell people about heaven or in hell and all that if you don't want to. You know, we're just going to send you back and do what you want. But he, he said, well, we'll, uh, we'll send you back for a year. Don't you think that for a year you would do everything in your power to convince the people that you love and the people in your community that the hell is real and that that you do not want to go there? And then he would describe it to every person. He would he would forego working, forego food and drink to be able to impart that information to the people around him. Well, that person would really believe in in hell, but the people that you're talking about the modern liberal Christian, as it were, um, they they act like they don't believe it. You know, the people in their, their family could be uh, atheists or, uh, let's say, Jewish or Muslim or something, and they all get together and they have a good weekend and they drink and they, you know, have good Thanksgivings and all this stuff together and they, they keep the peace. But, you know, they're, they're not living like hell is real. Uh, there, there's a term for that. It's like they were a functional atheist on day-to-day -day life. They don't act like they believe it. They say they believe it, but on everyday, on d daily life, they don't act that way. No, they don't. And one of the re scary things why it matters is because these people are nice and they probably are good people and they do good things for society. But when it comes time to for voting or making decisions or standing up for someone's rights. And they decide what rights do they want to stand up for, and they look for guidance from their church. Mm -hmm. right. and, they, and the person in the church looks for what the Bible says. Yeah. Then that's what side they're going to stand on, even if, no matter how do. good of a person they have. Yeah, yeah. If, if they do, because yeah. the Bible is like a Rorschach test. You've ever taken those <laughs> ink block tests? Yeah. You find in it what you want to find in it. In other words, if if a preacher uh, is a love preacher, he, he feels that people ought to get along together and, and look over their sins and, and be kind and generous and, and loving, they can find that in the Bible. 
But if it's a hellfire preacher and he thinks sin is the worst thing that could happen and he wants to punish people for sin in this world and uh, and he considers like homosexuality a print, he's going to find that and he's going to use that uh, for you know to advance his ideas uh, to his pews, to his mm-hmm. congregation. So, you know, it, it, it really tells more about what kind of person the preacher is or the congregant is than what's actually in the Bible because it's a multiple choice book. You can pick whatever you want to out of it. And people do, yeah. obviously. And that's one of the first signs that it's BS is if you can say, hey, I have this scripture and I support my side and then I pick another scripture. Uh-huh. And then we can go tit for tat for right. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that just shows one thing. That's the biggest flaw in your book that you think is perfect, and it's not, right. regardless of context or not. Right. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour. Um, we need to take a little break. I'm going to play a song and come back here in a little bit. Uh, so let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. Um, we're going to take about a five-minute break. We're playing a song called Modern Jesus by Portugal, the man. Um, and I hope you like it. There will also be a station identification before we come back. But hang on, we'll be back.
You're listening to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on Wozo 103.9 LPFM in Knoxville, Tennessee. Feel free to join in on the conversation at 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. And now, back to the show. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. And we're back. Um, digital. This is Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM, live right here in Knoxville. And on the line we have Thomas Payne. Hi, Tom. Are you there? Hey. hey. And we're going to talk just a minute about the, the Free Thought groups here in Knoxville. We mentioned them in highlighting a little while ago, but let's go ahead and give you some fill in on it. The Atheist Society of Knoxville, founded in 2002, uh, so that we're now in our 16th year. ASK now has over 800, and actually more like 900 members now, and you can find us online at knoxvilleatheist.org, or you can go to directly to meetup.com and search for Knoxville Atheists, or if you're just lazy, go to Google, type in Knoxville Atheists, and you'll find all of the groups. Also, you can join ASK in person by going to our weekly meetup, which happens every Tuesday evening at Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria in Knoxville, in the old city where we get together for food, drink, and conversation. Everyone is welcome. That is, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Thank you, Atheist Experience. By the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you should still go to Meetup and search for an atheist group in your town. Don't find one? Start one. Another large free-thinking group here in Knoxville is the Rationalists of East Tennessee. They've been around for more than 20 years. Actually, they corrected me recently and told me they've been around for nearly 25 years. RET has bi-weekly presentations and discussions on the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road. Just go to rationalist.org and click on Upcoming Events. There's also the Sunday Assembly, which started in England just a few years ago and has now spread across the world. It's a no-God church setting for those who no longer believe in God, but would still like the fellowship of a church-type gathering. They only meet once a month, though, here in Knoxville. On the fourth Sunday, they meet at the International Building and the old World's Fair site. So check them out Sunday morning on the fourth Sunday of the month. Then there's the Secular Student Alliance, which has programs to give camaraderie and community to any free-thinking high school or college student who would like to be involved in the free-thought movement or who would just like to find some other free thinkers to hang with. Everybody needs like-minded friends, and atheists are no different. Earlier in the show, we talked about the Knoxville Atheist Call-In TV show, which has just now gone off the air at 7.30. It's called Free Thought Forum, and you can see it almost every Wednesday between 6.30 and 7.30 on Comcast Channel 12 or Charter Channel 192. Or you can watch it streaming online at ctvnox.org if you don't have Comcast. You can also find archive of some of their shows on YouTube, where a fan has been posting them for the last several years. Just go to YouTube and search for three words, Free Thought Forum Knoxville. Also, if you're interested in getting involved with the TV show or the radio show, just come to an Ask Meetup or RET meeting and talk to us about it. You could be our next co-host or guest. And we are taking phone calls during this show. You have to call 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. 
the phone line is open. We were talking about uh, conservative Christianity, um, I guess new or uh, modern Christianity versus fundamentalism. Uh, where did we leave off on that, Tom? <laughs> you have a, a note on that? I think we left off on the literal view of fundamentalists and how that affects what they believe, and then the frustrating of moderns that just believe in one thing but still think when they're found or told what the Bible says, they believe that is truth, and they're pretty stubborn about it. Yeah, they might not believe it at first, though, because it sounds so terrible. Uh, you say, you know, that Deuteronomy says, you know, there's a place in the Bible where it says God's got, uh, God is going to make you want to eat your own children. And they'll say, no, it's not there. And then you show it to them, and they say, well, God means good by it. I mean, it's all good. It's in the Bible. God means it. It's a, you know, so God wins no matter what. Well, that's Old Testament. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, tell us about the New Testament. You were saying a little earlier that uh, Jesus was not all good. Uh, would you like to flesh that out a little bit? Well, um, uh, there was this Gentile woman who was sick, and their disciples uh, wanted her to be healed by Jesus. And Jesus was like, she's not a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, he was racist. Yeah. Um, there was, Jesus never condoned slavery. He said, slaves obey your masters. Yeah. Um, he says that if, if you don't hate your mother and your father, your sister and your brother, you cannot follow me. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's another thing. People say, huh? God, Jesus wouldn't want you to hate anything or anybody. But, of course, they haven't read the Bible. That's what it says. He also I, he said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Right. Uh, and they, they just don't understand it. But fundamentalist Christians know that. You know, they've read it. They, they understand it. They, uh, they agree with it, which is terrible. But what do you do? And one, I think one of the worst things that Jesus ever said was, um, I didn't come to change the law. I came to uphold it. And he's talking about Mosaic law. And if you uh -huh. know anything about Mosaic law, they have some things that are really dumb just because they're not relevant to today. And they have some really wicked things. Yeah. Well, that's the 613 commandments that I was talking about earlier. That's yeah. the old Testament law. And uh, so many modern Christians you talk to today say, well, that was the old covenant. We don't have that anymore. We've got the new covenant with Jesus. You know, the Old Testament is not, not valid anymore as far as having to follow it. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, not one jot or tittle of the old law will pass until everything is complete. So, you know, even Jesus himself says, you know, you've got to follow the old law. But, yeah, the old oh, law yeah. means, you know, don't wear uh, mixed fabrics or that's an abomination. Don't eat uh, shellfish, or that's an abomination. And we're talking right up there with homosexuality, which is also <laughs> an abomination. So even though he didn't come out against homosexuality per se, and a lot of people like to say that, especially modern Christians, that Jesus didn't say anything about against homosexuality. Well, that's true. But he also he did say that you got to uphold the old laws, which had homosexuality in it. Mm -hmm. So... You know, Amongst so many other things, yeah. yeah. And if you if you study the New Testament, you'll see that he didn't treat his mother particularly well. Um, <laughs> at one wedding, you know, she came to him and said that she wanted to talk to him, and he said he looked at her and said, "Woman, what have I to do with you? I mean, <laughs> what a nice kid, you know." I but uh, yeah, uh, in, in modern Christians, he can do no wrong. 
Yeah, um, if people don't really realize this because they read Matthew and then they read Mark and then they read Luke and they never read read them side by side. But Jesus, if you if you really want to look at how Jesus is in the Bible, he's schizophrenic. He has very different personalities. Uh-huh. And this is brought about by, um, I think it was <laughs> David Fitzgerald, um, nailed, or the, I, I think he, the myths of Jesus or mything in action, his book nailed. He talks about the many faces of Jesus. It's a good book. Yeah. It's short. Well, that's, that's really funny when you talk, when you think about him being in, in the garden of, of Gethsemane, talking to himself, you know, <laughs> praying to God to have him take this, you know, take this burden away from him. But but he is God, you know. He says, "Hi, God, it's it's you, me." (laughs) And and another thing, you know, all of the stuff, you know, we have verbatim about what he said, you know, word for word in the garden when nobody else was there. Who wrote it down? Jesus didn't write it down. But you know, how do we know? know? If you if you talk about one of the foresight of Jesus, he should have wrote down something. But anyways. That's a whole nother show, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah, I guess it is. But I like the way that you brought up the word schizophrenia because, you know, that schizophrenia doesn't mean split personality. Schizophrenia means a break or a, a split from reality. And uh, if you're talking about supernatural, you know, which miracles and all that kind of thing, you know, and souls departing and and and. Jesus rising bodily into heaven, that's a, that's a break with reality because that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, or we're creating mass of fish and bread. Yeah. Uh, that's a, also a nice little real, reality-bending trick. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was wanting to talk to you. One of the things that uh, modern Christianity has that fundamental, fundamentalists really don't have that much is uh, the, the megachurches. Well, what do you, do you yeah. think they're good for society? Because you know, I think they do bring in a lot of money. I think they're a drain on uh, on their community, but the community doesn't seem to care. Um, you know, the what do you do? I mean, you got a bunch of people who get together and they want to support this guy because he teaches a certain message and it's a supernatural message. You know, it's it's a right. You know, we have we have certain rights in our constitution, and what, that's one of them: the religious freedom to be able to do stuff like that. And do I think it's a good idea? No. Do I think it's, um, uh, what's the word, good for the community to believe in in invisible things and non-existent things, and and uh, basically worship a witch doctor. You know, as it were, because have you seen some of these these guys in these super uh, in these big churches? They can wave their hands and the whole congregation falls over. They can touch somebody on the forehead and he falls down. They they perform exorcisms. All of that is magic. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, modern day accepted witchcraft, but when we support it in in their community because we have religious freedom. But uh, do I think it's a good idea? Do I think it's healthy for the community? No. I mean, how much longer before somebody starts saying, you know, my my neighbor's a witch? You know, or I saw my neighbor uh, turn into a cat last night. (laughs) We we did a whole show on that about, well, I guess it was about a month now, about uh, spectral evidence that back when the witch trials were in, like, Boston, um, and uh, in Massachusetts, and, uh, and they were going on in Europe, too, 
that people could come into a court and say things like, I saw my neighbor dancing in the, in the moonlight uh, with, her, with her familiar, her cat, and they would go out, grab that woman, bring her in, throw her in prison, and hold a trial on that. And can you imagine if they started doing that again today? And we, anyway, like I said, we did a whole show on that. If you'd like to listen to the show, you could go to my website, digitalfreethought.com, go to Atheist Podcast, and uh, look for that show. I've also got an article that I wrote after we did the show on that, which is the most current article. But, I mean, can you imagine a, oh, uh, an insurance company, you know? Um, we can't, we're not going to pay for him. He was out dancing in the moonlight last night, according <laughs> to this neighbor over here. You know, um, we, we can't have a miracle claims uh, accepted in a, in a court of law. And that brings me to an article I just brought up that I wanted to read uh, what David Hume said about miracles. He makes three points. The first point is that laws of nature are immutable and miracles would be exceptions to those laws. In other words, miracles would break laws of nature, which can't be broken. The second point is people have been known to lie for gain or to promote a personal agenda, so personal testimony is often mistakenly or intentionally wrong. So that's two points. The laws of nature are immutable, and two, people sometimes lie. The third point Excuse me. For the reasons given above, to accept a miracle claim, you would have to believe that it is more likely that the laws of nature were actually broken than that the person describing the miracle was mistaken, deceived, or lying. So, I mean, in, in just, just a few sentences, he, he tells us why miracle claims are not credible, why we should not um, give any credence to, to somebody saying things like that because it's just hearsay. And it's just a person's tale, story, if you were, as it were. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't see that we're going to get to that point anytime soon because, no, you know, not. people are, are are actually, it's kind of funny that less people are going to church nowadays, but more people are into a lot of the pagan religions. So we're actually producing more witches. <laughs> this oh, yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And the Catholic Church are recruiting more exorcists, too, which is pretty much the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, exorcist is one of the most – it's, it's disgusting if you ever try – if you ever get to see, like, an exorcist perform online. It's, mm-hmm. it's embarrassingly yeah. – I feel bad for the person and the child, usually. It's well, just, it's they, have been, they have been known to be deadly. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't just put their hands on you. Sometimes they would wrap you in a blanket and lay you down, and then lay on top of you. You know, <laughs> to 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 uh, you know, you can understand why the person would be struggling to get the heck out of there. But uh, they they consider it like demons trying to take control of his body. So they lay more and more hands on him, and more and more people. And they have had people suffocate on stage in front of everybody. Why Why do you think that? Um, people during like Halloween stuff, we talk about ghosts and goblins and all these ghouls and people don't take them seriously and they know that everyone's joking. But when someone says stuff about angels and demons and stuff like that, people take it seriously. Well, it's the same it's in the thing. Bible and they have told each other and they've been told all their lives that what's in the Bible is true. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they live in a, a 
uh, a modern world. They don't believe day to day that you know ghosts and fairies are real, but they they section a part of their mind off to believe with what's in the Bible when they're in church, and when they're at home and they're praying, uh, you know that part lights up on MRIs, you know because they want to believe it and they they believe it, but um, you know they segment their mind so that they can live one part of their life one way and another part another way, but what do you do? Yeah, that do you have did you did you ever have an experience in your life where um your belief and uh demons ever like scared the hell out of you basically? No. No, I never have. Oh, when I no, when I was little when I, was, I thought demons I, were real. When um, I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid I'd watch, you know, these late night scary movies. Of course they're nothing like they are nowadays. They were like you know, Wolfman or Dracula, that kind of thing, and they were you could tell they were Hollywood produced, but they were still kind of scary. But, you know, and, and as a kid, your imagination would take off on, on you, but the most scared I ever was was from a movie called uh, The Tingler. Uh, it was a black and white movie with uh, Vincent Price. See, oh, yeah. If you get he, chance he's to awesome. See that, <laughs> if you get a chance to see that, do that, and I swear you'll be scared. But I was the tingler. I was... Vincent Price is one of the most famous horror actors yeah. of all time. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He actually at least in the did, movies he was. Yeah. He actually did some lines of uh, narration in uh, the thriller video that Michael Jackson did. Yeah, cool. Uh, he was the narrator in that. But yeah, he, he had a wonderful voice for that type of thing. And he was a good actor. But anyway, see the tingler, and I, I dare you <laughs> to sleep without cover over your head that night. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I, I love a good feeling. Like, but even so. that was natural. There was nothing supernatural about that. It was like, you know, just a scary insect, large insect. Um, then there was the tarantula movies, you know, huge spiders, and all of that is still natural. It's like aliens. So people say, you don't believe in God, but you, you believe in aliens? And you, you would say, well... You know, you use Carl Sagan's line about it being an awful waste of space if there was nothing else out there. But the thing about it is, even if it was something out there, that wouldn't be supernatural. There wouldn't be anything no. like a, a god or a soul or heaven or hell or anything like that. It would be entirely natural. Plus, and, I don't believe there is aliens. I believe that there's a high possibility that yeah, there is aliens. Right. Um, I believe that there is a high possibility, but I have no evidence that they've ever visited us. You know, no. But I'm open to exceptions. You know, if you bring the evidence, we'll talk about it. And <clears throat> stories and books are not evidence. They're anecdotal. Anecdotal evidence is the lowest form of evidence. Yeah, very true. Uh, and people, people really take those to heart because there's nothing stronger than a personal experience. Right. And, yeah, uh, right. and so it's really hard to think outside of your yeah. of your own biases. And that's something that is a problem with not just in religion, but with everything. That's why we have giant companies like selling special supplements and diet pills and crystals, crystals, and, yeah, yeah, Reiki and, and magnetic uh, bracelets. Yeah, yeah. All that. What do you do? Um, like I say, keep at, on. at least, at least that stuff, uh, you know, the aliens and stuff would not be supernatural. They, they're not going to transcend this thing, this plane. And we know for a fact that it happened at least on one planet. We have proof of that. You know, that we, we came about on this planet, so if we did, 
chances are some other civilization has risen up as well by the same means. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to use that as any type of strategy when dealing with someone of faith because they won't accept that as true even if you talk about geologic time. They either believe that God made evolution as it is or that everything in science is wrong and the world's you know, around 10,000 years old or so. Mm. But to us, we understand that chemicals interacting over a long period of time by chance could make life. And therefore, if it, that has hap- happened here, it's very possible it happened in these other billions and right. billions and trillions of right. planets. Yeah, and they say, I think well, it's God. like, I don't know if it's even trillions. I, I think it's a large number that I can't even fathom. Right. It could be trillions of trillions. You yeah. Know? But um, they're, they're, they say there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the Earth. Uh, because, you know, both numbers are uh, finite, and the one about the, the stars in the heavens are even greater than that. Uh, and each star could have several planets. Look at, look at the sun. We have that one star has nine planets, so you can imagine how many planets are out there. Right. Uh, have, I've talked to it before about the Drake equation. Are you familiar with the Drake equation? Yeah, they just recently updated it. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. What did they put to it? It, it, was, it was on the Skeptic's Guide of the Universe. They talked about it, and it was kind of sad news. What they found was that there's it's, it's a lower probability, uh-huh. factoring in some new things, but because they, they were talk, taking into account that there wasn't many Goldilocks zones, but then now they're just starting to find um, planets that are near red stars, or I don't know, dwarfs, red dwarf stars, which... Yeah are not as hot and so there there may be a different type of goldilocks zone yeah but you got to remember that even some planets um like um oh there are moons out there like the moon of jupiter that 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 europa yeah they don't need it doesn't need sunlight it doesn't have to be close to a sun because it's mostly water i mean it's got ice on the outside of it but it's got water underneath it and underneath that it has volcanic activity so the underwater vents are, are releasing warmth in the form of heat and, and lava and, and steam that are coming up from below the surface, which would support life. And we have that at the deepest portions of our oceans today. Um, we go down you know, several thousand, well, let's say several miles, where there's no sunlight, the, the pressure is incredible, it's cold as anything, but you've got these underwater vents and there's life all around them. And we're talking large-scale life, you know, like uh, crabs and, and uh, underwater worms and, um, and fish. And a lot of bacteria. That's yeah. And living, living off the heat, the, ge- the energy generated by those underwater vents. Yeah. Actually, one of the, one of the bacteria from those vents, um, well, similar, uh, it was a, I think it was not from those vents, but it was from a, a hot spring vent. Uh, is used in science all the time, so it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Things like thermal something, yeah. aquatus. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a planet in the Goldilocks zone, but it does have to have water. That's one of the uh, most common elements that we've found is required for life. Uh, any kind of life that we know of has to. Yeah, be, that we know. Has that's, to be that's based on it. That's the cool thing because you know we're carbon based. Um, and the chemistry seems like, you know, carbon is the best for all this kind of stuff, but yeah. we really don't know. Yeah. It could be a, 
a different type of mm-hmm. foundational add-on base. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, uh, I recommend the user get out there and look at the Drake equation and plug in some numbers and see what you come up with. Uh, watch a few videos on it. It's very interesting. Uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour. you have any final thoughts or words you'd like to share before we go on? Yeah, if you're a listener and you're a theist or atheist or it doesn't matter, feel free to come in. Um, it's basically just conversation, and we'll pick your brain. You can pick ours. It'll be fun. Are you talking to ASK? Or are you talking what? I'm talking about anyone. Um, well, this is Daughter 5 and Wombat. I guess we lost Tom. Uh, we had Tom on there. I was hoping to bring you in with Tom, but it was either or, apparently, and I brought you in, uh, Wombat. Hey, so, we can, uh, if you want, I can uh, try calling into a different number. I can call into the show. Um, Well, the show is over, pretty much. So, uh, it is eight o'clock, dude. Where you been? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Wombat, appreciate the effort. We got to go. We'll talk to you next week. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, and we'll see you then. Bye bye. Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply-